The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to the Friday edition of Passion, the night that just about anything goes. Uh, after 10.15, I'll share some stories with you. I want to talk about understanding the feelings of grief we may be feeling from an expert who wrote the book on grief. Uh, we're going to talk about how frequent sex might have cognitive benefits, um, understanding power imbalances in relationships, and some research that shows why we are wired to fall in love in risky or traumatic situations and a little contest here um I read a, a really interesting piece by uh, a, a feminist basically talking about masturbation with a vagina that we don't really have a word for it we have tons of words for male masturbation but so what's a good term so i'm going to throw it out there and uh, hopefully it doesn't get too raunchy as a show but anyhow uh, but first uh, time to check out our inbox your texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion at 514-800. All right, tonight I have some interesting letters to share with you because the uh, the saga of the Passion Poet continues. Uh, if you've missed the shows this week, you might want to rewind, go listen to the podcast, the beginning of every show where I answer questions. Our Passion Poet has become somewhat of a... Uh, uh, become somewhat infamous <laughs> in our Passion community. Uh, because people are responding to him. And so let me just continue with some letters that have come in uh, regarding uh, regarding him. And then, uh, anyway, we'll share that with you. I wanted to write you before I left for work. I love your show and really love this mini soap opera brewing between those two women and the passion poet. Has he accepted? So just to backtrack a little bit, uh, two women have been writing in saying they would love to meet the passion poet. They feel they have a connection with him. They've never seen what he looks like or anything, but they're both single and um, maybe looking for a one-night stand. So that that was the bottom line, okay? Um, I do agree he seems to be a very, very creative and passionate guy in his poems, and I enjoy most of them. I would like to throw my hat into the ring. Oh, boy, this soap opera is getting bigger. It has been a very long time for me as well, but I would be interested to know the last time the passion poet had a role in the hay. I know your show is called Passion and not Love Connection, but if he is half as sensual and passionate in bed as he can be in his poems, I would like a one-night stand with him. I never had one, and I always wondered what it would be like. <laughs> I really enjoy Trouble Tuesdays and Friday shows and wish there were more nights like them. I think we all get something from questions, comments, and your responses, not to mention the feedback from listeners. So there you have it. One more woman who is uh, chasing down the passion poet. Here's uh, another letter regarding same. Uh, if you remember, Dr. Laurie, a few weeks before Super Bowl, my daughter and I won a bet against my husband regarding the Passion Poet. He said he was a CJD employee who wrote poems in advance, and we said he was just a listener, and we won a spa day. We have another bet. My husband says the poet will go with the two women who want a one-night stand with him. My daughter and I both say he will not. We think because of his poems, he is the kind of guy who needs more than just a sexual encounter. The bet is this. If he wins, we have to pay for a round of golf and caddy for my husband. 
If we win, he has to buy us Barbie Barnes, half hog and chicken, and do laundry on Saturday. Will he or will he not? Okay. We might have the answer for you right here, right now, because I have a response from the Passion Poet. He writes, To the person who was wondering the last time I had sex, it has been two months, one week, 22 hours, 37 minutes, and 28 seconds. Not that I'm counting. <laughs> I'm not sure that's real, but I am a nice guy, and, and I do not want to ruin more lives than I already have with one night stands. I will be the man you gauge all other men by, and you will search for the rest of your lives looking for someone as good or better and never find it. All kidding aside, I am not the type to have a one-night stand, and I cannot have sex with someone I have no feelings for. Those days are long gone. I prefer the sensual foreplay, the passion for my partner. Lust alone is just not enough. If I was 18, this would be simple, and we would have already hooked up. I do see someone on weekends, and we have a good bond, and right now it's working for both of us, and I'm not going to ruin it. So, for the person who uh, bet with the husband, you girls, you and your uh, daughter win. You get Barbie Barnes and your husband gets to do the laundry tomorrow. You win, you win, you win. Uh, so, thank you. That is the saga. Actually, a couple more here. Um, <laughs> Uh, the question, uh, let me see. The question is, are these women propositioning him for an orgy or serial one night stands? Technically multiple stands for him. I think it's multiple stands and there's multiple women from different households. Like we're not just talking, talking about three different women here who are, uh, interested. A uh, few, I was concerned the poet may have wanted more than just Barbie chicken from the mother and the daughter. He doesn't want the mother and the daughter. Let, wait a second. They don't want him either. They just bet on him. That's it. Um, hi, Dr. Lurie. I hope the passion poet is not going to retire prematurely because of too much hoopla. Good for him to express his preferences. Um Okay, uh, good. Please don't give up because uh, of the notoriety. I know you don't like to be in the spotlight, and he doesn't. The Passion Poet was on our boomer, our baby boomer panel, but did not want to be outed as the Passion Poet until after, which I did. So um, please don't um, run away uh, from us, okay? I, I would appreciate that. All right. Another question uh, posted here, uh, what about using lotion for lube? So you're talking about like hand lotion or what have you. That's fine if you're using it solely for masturbation on your penis. You, you'll just have a nice soft penis with some nice lotion and it'll do the trick. But for inside the vagina, lotions have way too many chemicals in them. There's too much, uh, uh, you don't need all the scented stuff. Like lotions usually come with scents and things like that, or, or they're somehow medically, whatever, they've got things in there for, for, you know, dry skin. And so that wouldn't really, uh, be good. Plus it gets absorbed really quickly. So lotion gets absorbed by the skin quickly. And so wouldn't last long enough to use uh, during sex. That's why there are specific things that are uh, products that are made uh, specifically as lubricants for uh, for sexuality. You can send in questions, by the way, throughout the night. I'm I'm good with that as well, or any comments. And uh, coming up, 
We're going to have a little bit of fun too. I want to have a little contest, not that you're going to win anything, but uh, just for the fun of it. We want to come up with uh, a good term for female masturbation. So I'm putting it out there. Send in your, um, your entries, if you will. Maybe you'll win. What you'll win? No idea, but nonetheless. Uh, lotion burns if you get it in your penis hole. Okay, JD writes to us. What about vaginal wipes? Are they chemical free and safe? They're unnecessary. Vaginal wipe. There's no, you don't need any kind of wipes in uh, that area. And the passion poet writes in, I'm not going anywhere. He's stand for me. Yay. Thank you very much. With Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Anything goes tonight on Friday, uh, every Friday, really. Uh, whatever you want to add to it. Let's have a little bit of fun to end the week. Okay, I read this post by Emma McGowan I thought on Bustle. I loved it. I thought it was great. The headline was, Masturbating with a Vagina Needs a New Feminist Term. So I'm putting it out there. I want you to come up with a good term for female masturbation. There's plenty um, of phrases to describe masturbating with a penis. Choking the chicken, whacking off, spanking it, jerking off, whatever you want to call it, right? But what happens with masturbating with a, a vulva, a vagina? Not so many terms. Uh, the only term really that's regularly used is masturbation, but that's a clinical term, right? And if you look at the list of terms that exist for people with penises, it's huge. Excuse the pun. Uh, so we don't really talk about it. Now she goes on to say, we are a phallocentric culture, so it is unsurprising that we have far more well-known mainstream slang terms referencing penis masturbation than we do for vulvas. Um, and she goes on to say, without a casual, fun, feminist term for masturbating with a vulva and vagina, it's impossible to start a discourse about masturbati- masturbating in a fun, casual, feminist way. And she goes on to talk about how we rarely talk about female masturbation, talk a lot about male masturbation. Men talk about it out loud, but women don't. And so maybe because we just don't have the fun terms, as she's saying. So here's what she's proposing. Let's pick one phrase to use from here on out and that phrase is actually one that's already in use in use rub one out although we've used that one for men right Uh, it it really was originally a penis referencing term so uh, rubbing one out is uh, what she proposes for women what do you got what anything that you have so we have a, a few here um this is our little contest for terms for female masturbation priming the engine uh, feminine self-pleasuring or fsp uh, how about clitty clapping i like that one actually uh how about poking your hole or more caribbean we be jamming i like that one too <laughs> taking your fingers for a swim Flicking the bean is an existing one, okay, but even better, flicklicia. JD says, whacking off or jerking off can apply to men or women. Yeah, but when we say that, it's not, it really does refer to to penis 
pleasure, not not to, not to women. How about burger flipping? Burger flipping. Okay, I don't get that one, but all right. Uh, button pushing, vaginal tactile stimulation, or VTS. That's way too complicated. More fun than that. Come on, let's have some fun with it. Oh, on a more serious note, can we talk about um, some of the grief that some of us may be experiencing and feeling? So during this pandemic, obviously, all kinds of feelings have you know, have come up in us, anxiety, depression, um, a lot of feelings of, of loss, all of this very much relating to uh, feelings of grief. Now, I don't know if you've read the book, um, which is amazing, on grief and grieving, finding the meaning of grief through the five stages of loss with uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. This guy, David Kessler, wrote this book, and it's like the, the primer on explaining um, grief. And then he just wrote another book called Finding Meaning, the Sixth Stage of grief. So he was interviewed, and I just want to share some of these uh, these things. And uh, someone asked him, this um, news outlet, people are feeling any number of things right now. Is it right to call some of what they're feeling grief? And he answered, yes. And we're feeling a number of different griefs. We feel the world has changed, and it has. We know this is temporary, but it doesn't feel that way, and we realize things will be different. Just as going to the airport is forever different from how it was before 9-11, things will change and this is the point at which they changed. The loss of normalcy, the fear of economic toll, the loss of connection, this is hitting us and we are grieving collectively. We are not used to this kind of collective grief in the air. Uh, he also s- uh, talks about feeling more than one kind of grief. He says we are feeling anticipatory grief, which is the feeling that we get about what the future holds when we are uncertain. Usually it centers on death. We feel it when someone gets a dire diagnosis or when we have the normal thought that we'll lose a parent someday. Anticipatory grief is also more broadly imagined futures. There's a storm coming. There's something bad out there. With a virus, this kind of grief is so confusing for people. Our primitive mind, he says, knows something bad is happening, but you can't see it. This breaks our sense of safety. We are, we're feeling that loss of safety. I don't think we've collectively lost our sense of general safety like this. Individually or as smaller groups, people have felt this, but altogether, this is new. We are grieving on a micro and macro level. He was asked, what can individuals do to manage all this grief? This is, uh, if you want to know more, uh, look up David Kessler, who wrote the book, The Finding Meaning, The Sixth Stage of Grief, and he's written other books on grief as well. He says, understanding the stages of grief is a start, but he says, whenever I talk about the stages of grief, I have to remind people that the stages aren't linear and may not happen in this order. It's not a map, but it provides some scaffolding for this unknown world. There's denial, which we say a lot of er- early on, like, oh, this virus won't affect me. Then there's anger. 
You're making me stay home and taking away my activities. Then there's bargaining. Okay, if I social distance for two weeks, everything will be better. Uh, then there's sadness. I don't know when all this will end. And finally, there's acceptance. This is happening. I have to figure out how to proceed. Acceptance is where the power lies. You find control in acceptance. I can wash my hands. I can keep a safe distance. I can learn how to work virtually. All very, very important. So, um, anyway, you can look this up. It's uh, he's written some really great, great things on, on on grief and helping people cope through. So, if you're wondering what those feelings are that you've been having, yes, they are feelings of grief. But please know, to some degree or another, we are all feeling the grief. All of us. It's just, we may be feeling it differently. Maybe some of us have already reached the level of acceptance where we say, okay, I can do what I can do. And then the rest is not up to me. So I'll accept the situation, roll with it and, and see, you know, manage, manage my way through this. Uh, But some of us are not at the stage of acceptance yet. So uh, understand that it's okay. It's okay wherever uh, you're at. It is a change of routine we get accustomed to. Just because it's a routine does not make it a normal. Normal is a relative term. You're right because you. Be, that's why we call it the new normal. When you get to a new normal, that normal will start to feel normal. And then something else happens and then you have to change that normal. Now you have another new normal. So... You're absolutely right that our normals can change uh, all the time. We, we it, rarely does life stay static, right? And we and, and nothing ever happens. Uh, so we have some other uh, terms here. Wow, people are really getting into this. Uh, pleasing the little man in the boat. So if, if you don't know what we're doing here, we're looking up uh, good terms for female masturbation that are fun. Uh, patty caking. I like that one. Uh, going to take the pussy for a run. I hate that word. I really don't like that word. Uh, cervical swerving. Um, riding the doorknob. And uh, Frank says, didn't Cindy Lauper kind of call it shebop? Shebop. I like shebop. Uh, how about juice it up? Riding the chicken. I'm, I don't like that one. Um, no. Uh, another couple here, tuning up the tinker toy, uh, having tacos as finger food too long, petting kitty, stroking the kitty. Okay. That I like that one. I much prefer the word kitty. I have to tell you. Um, all right. If you are an LGBTQ senior, 55 plus, there's some good news out there. There's a new online support group uh, put together by EGAL Canada. They are launching the EGAL Solution, E-G-A-L-E Solution, Rainbow Tables for LGBTQ 12S and Ally Seniors. So starting in June, they'll be launching live weekly events and you can join them through Facebook and join their rainbow table. This is a virtual space where LGBTQ seniors 55 plus can connect during the pandemic and beyond. Of course, they've got exciting guest speakers, useful resources, um, and they give you a space that's your own really. So you get support, 
resources, community engagements in areas of health, legal rights, activities, and much more. So look uh, look them up. EGAL Canada, E-G-A-L-E Canada. And they've got a Facebook group. So something for our LGBTQ seniors, which is often an overlooked population. First of all, the aging population overlooked, although the focus is quite on them now these days, and hopefully things will change towards the aging population and we'll pay more attention. I feel so bad for all these elderly people who are, have been so neglected. It just breaks my heart. Um, anyhow, um, off topic there. and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak. You're listening to Passion, CJD 800. We've been having a little bit of fun coming up with uh, good names, terms for female masturbation because there really aren't that many great ones out there. There really aren't any. Uh, We just call it masturbation. We've got uh, Andy on the line. Hi, Andy. Whoops. No, Andy's not there. Is Mary there? Hello? Hello. Hi, Mary. Yeah, hi. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. Thanks. Okay, I've got one. Okay. Short and sweet, right to the point of the matter. How yeah. about the nub rub? Oh, I like that one, the nub rub. Okay, uh, that's a good one. Okay. <laughs> I'm writing that one down. We could sell that one, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Stay safe, okay. Mary. Yep. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. We have more here. Uh, mining for a nugget of gold, uh, tickling the lips, serving the goddess. I love that one, serving the goddess. Uh, self-humping, inside humping, humping, pleasing the goddess, worshipping the goddess, wrist rolling, two-finger month, <laughs> splendor in the grass, uh, pussy pacifying, burrowing in the mine, chimney sweeping, Cat strangling, diddling in the cave, scratching, as in how a DJ scratches the record. Uh, Wow, people are um, very creative. (laughs) Let's see, what else? Did I miss any? Oh my goodness, there are so many. Grinding the goddess. I love all the goddess ones, by the way. Uh, Summoning or awakening the goddess. Anything referring to the vagina as being a goddess would be a great empowering feminist term. I love that. That is great. Independent pleasure. Well, that's like self-pleasure. Um, spreading the wealth. <laughs> uh, buttering the muffin. Okay, never heard that one. Knowing the way to San Jose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All good ones. Okay, well, that's fun. Andy, what, uh, what say you on this one? Yeah, hi, Andy. Hello. Hi. Hi, hello. Yeah, go ahead. You're on the air. Oh, okay. Pump priming. Pump priming. Okay, like getting ready for something. It's it's very good, I guarantee. (laughs) Okay, great. Thank you. Appreciate that. Bye. 514-790-0800. If you want to call in, you certainly can, or you can text in. 
whatever you like here at 514-800. I'm loving the goddess stuff. That's uh, for sure. Grinding the goddess. Yeah, love that. And the nub rub. That's a good one. That's a really good one. All right, here's a study uh, that looked at the impact of quarantining on couples' sex lives, basically. And uh, let's see. This was according to the report compiled. Now, here's the thing you have to keep in mind, okay? When I read these... These are, they're not peer-reviewed studies. Many of them are that I I read to you, but this one, and I always point it out, this one happens to be a survey. So done by a particular company, so you always have to think, take with a grain of salt, because you have to think who are the respondents and how they get their respondents, right? So this one was compiled by an adult webcam company called I'm Live, and it was based on data from a survey of a 1,000 Americans, okay? Um, So just remember that. 20% of the people are having less sex since the start of quarantine. This is what they found. So 20% are having less sex. 20.43% are getting less oral sex since the start of quarantine. 49.69% are experimenting with sex during quarantine. Uh, 11.6% tried anal sex. 6.5 of people with cohabitants have experimented with a threesome. That does, that doesn't sound very uh, COVID uh, safe, um, but anyhow, 20% of women are faking orgasms in quarantine, and 4.5% of people have had sex-related injuries during quarantine. I don't know what they're doing, but uh, nonetheless, I'm just reporting the news. Frequent sex might have cognitive benefits. Now, these studies are peer-reviewed studies, okay? This was an article written by a colleague of mine uh, that uh, broke it down for us. I'm just going, going to read some of this for you. So studies find that sexually active adults perform better on memory tasks. So if you are older, this is another good reason to maintain sexual activity, okay? A growing body of research, both on humans and animals, just published in the last decade, points to this conclusion. But there's also a new study published in the Archives of of Sexual Behavior that shows just that. But uh, here's a, a little bit of the accumulated evidence to suggest how sex might actually benefit the brain. In 2010, it was discovered there was a link between sexual activity and neuron neuron growth in male rats. So rats that were permitted to have sex daily over a two-week period showed more neuron growth than rats that were only allowed to have sex once during the same amount of time. They often do rat studies before they do human studies, by the way. There's some similarities in our brain structures, apparently. Uh, a 2013 study also focused on male rats, found that daily sexual activity was not only associated with the generation of more new neurons, but also with enhanced cognitive function. Research on humans has found similar things. A 2016 study that was published in Age and Aging, that's a journal, looked at how the sexual practices of nearly 7,000 adults between the ages of 50 and 89 related to their performance on a number sequencing task and word recall task. So that's how they 
tested it, and it turned out that both men and women who had engaged in any kind of sex over the past year had higher scores on the word recall test. And this was only true for men, but being sexually active was linked to better performance on the number sequencing task. Then there was another study in 2017 that looked at how sexual activity was linked to performance on a common memory task in 78 heterosexual women between the ages of 18 and 29. And scientists looked at whether their frequency of sexual intercourse was associated with memory, but they controlled for all kinds of other um, other factors. This is why it's science-based, right? Uh, and the results showed that women who engaged in more frequent sexual intercourse had better recall of abstract words on the test. Now, the latest study out this year, also found in the Archives of Sexual Behavior, that involved a large group, 6,000 adults that were 50 and over, so that's a really big study, and they explored how sexual frequency was associated with performance on two episodic memory tasks, and they administered them two years apart. So participants who had sex more often had better performance on the memory test. Uh, it's worth noting, he says, that more emotional closeness during sex was linked to better memory performance too. So not just sex without feeling, but that closeness. It's also important to point out that memory performance declined for everyone over the course of the study. So remember, it was done over two years. So this happens to everybody, that we lose some of our uh, memory. So that's the normal part for everybody, normal decline, That, but it still means that um, sex was still linked to a higher baseline for memory performance. Doesn't mean it stops the decline, the cognitive decline, just that we experience it less uh, and we have a better baseline for memory performance. So that's really good. Another benefit for having sex into uh, throughout your life, the whole lifespan after 50 and beyond. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. It's the end of the week. Friday night, just about anything goes. Earlier in the program, we were talking about grief and our collective uh, grief. I was reading uh, an interview with uh, David Kessler, who is an expert on grief and wrote the book uh, with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross on grief and, and talking about the specific kinds of grief that we are all experiencing. And he said it's like for the first time in a very long time, it's a everybody's experiencing it. It's collective um, and as, as someone points out here, during rough times on the text board, during rough times such as this, there's the grief of finding out who your friends aren't. And uh, that's true. I've actually um, spoken to a few people who've had that same thing, uh, that, that same um, sentiment, actually, uh, and same experience where uh, they've been pretty disappointed in... Uh, in certain uh, of their and of their friends, and got to think about it quite a bit. 
So I read an interesting article by Griffin Wynn uh, called, uh, the title was, Here's the Difference Between Sexual and uh, Romantic Attraction, which I thought was something really interesting that we can all uh, sink our teeth into and we can all probably relate to. Um, I mean, most people, I think, kind of know the difference between that. If you've ever had uh, casual sex uh, and just wanted sex with somebody versus uh, wanting to have a relationship because that's where the difference is, right? Uh, and it is very possible to uh, to feel like you want to have sex with someone you don't want to date or to feel uh, something towards someone that you haven't had sex with, someone you haven't had sex with at all. So you can feel one type of attraction to someone without feeling uh, the other. And then, of course, sometimes you, you of course, have both. So, But they can be uh, two different things. So sexual attraction comes from a sexual desire for something or someone and romantic attraction is the want to have a romantic relationship with someone outside of sex. Uh, For example, uh, feeling sexually and or romantically attracted to someone means different things for different people. Perhaps you feel sexually attracted to multiple or all genders but only desire to seriously date certain genders. Maybe uh, you want to hook up with someone but don't want anything more than that. Or maybe you're into someone but don't want to get physical. So all of these things are uh, are quite possible. Um, perhaps um, or there are people also who are asexual, right? So if you look at asexual people, they don't feel a sense of sexual attraction, but they may enjoy romantic relationships with other people. And then there are there are people who are aromantic, so not asexual, but aromantic, who can enjoy having sex, but may not have a desire to be in a romantic relationship. So you can be an asexual and an aromantic as well. So there's uh, obviously, as you can see, sexuality is quite uh, complex and people can have a variety of such uh, orientation, right? So it's like there's romantic orientation and there's sexual orientation as well. You can experience sexual attraction to someone but not have a romantic interest in them. So that's where we talk about like casual hookups and uh, and vice versa. The difference between sexual and romantic attraction, um, I like this, can be understood using something called the split attraction model. So that's in the in psych, you know, psychological um, literature here. Uh, according to this split attraction model, sexual and romantic attraction can be different for people. Some people experience their sexual attraction, who they want to have sex with, and romantic attraction, who they want to date, quite differently. And the whole purpose in understanding all of this, of course, is when you have a more nuanced understanding of your own sexuality, it helps you uh, communicate your needs, your desires to other people more effectively. And it helps everybody uh, realize that we are all quite different. Like that we cannot take certain things for granted or think that people just fit into one or the other. There is such a variation in our sexuality and our uh, romantic lives as well. 
Uh, let's see here. A practical guide for dating during a pandemic. Why we are wired to fall in love in risky situations and how to do it safely. Pursuing a relationship in a, fa- in a pandemic apparently facilitates the prime conditions for romance. Uh, being stuck in quarantine ensures that we can nurture an authentic emotional connection. It gives us the possibility of getting to know people better before we ever meet them. And of course, many people right now are craving intimacy and connection more than ever uh, before. But we, of course, have to proceed with caution in these uh, trying times. So what are the best practices before falling in love during uh, the lockdown, which of course is easing little by, by little. Um, first thought, first thing is make sure to have the right reason. Are you simply looking for someone to fill a loneliness void or are you really looking uh, for love? So first assess what it is you really need right now. Um, it's also not advised to go into a relationship if you're feeling depleted. That is not the best idea. You, uh, when you are experiencing uh, scarcity, competition, or danger, it's different than what we want when we are feeling a sense of optimism, empowerment, and abundance. So we have to be careful, monitor what's going on inside of us um, with that. So we have to avoid making rash decisions that might feel good in the moment, but likely won't result in long-term relationship success, which is why we're going to see a lot of um, COVID breakups as well, right? Even those that don't even get to the meeting that started during the the, uh, lockdown and that will not continue post that. So this, um, this author recommends focusing on the internal, not the external, regardless of what's happening to you, both in the physical environment, your focus needs to be going on, on what's going on internally. The best conditions for pursuing a relationship require open and clear communication with each other. So take your time and think twice before making any, uh, big moves. Take advantage of this time to really get to know your potential partner and figure out if they are a good fit, especially before getting physical with them. Because when people rush into sexual activity, believe it or not, it sometimes sabotages what would otherwise have been a great match. But there's uh, obviously when uh, there's in times of crisis, there's an attraction to falling in love, especially if we, you know, we are alone. We want to, we desire a relationship more. This is where we're naturally kind of wired uh, to do this. We're primed to connect and mate with others during high risk situations. It's an evolutionary kind of thing. So if you're feeling drawn to that, that's probably a good, uh, a good explanation. A couple of texts here. Uh, sadly, most men I meet have sexual desire. Then I feel used. It is hard to find romance. And when I think I do, the guy is giving me sweet talk, which is misleading me into thinking there's more meaning in it than there really is. And I fall way too fast. Well, it's important to, to, um, 
have your boundaries, your own rules. Like if you don't want to get involved sexually too quickly, make sure you state that out at at the start and don't break your own rules. That's really important. So this will weed out the guys who maybe just want in for uh, the sex and are, are not interested in something more. But make sure you make it clear that you're not just looking for a sexual relationship, but that you are looking for something uh, with potential to to be more um, more serious. Uh, Texture writes, I find it's a bit age dependent. Sexual attra- attraction increasingly presupposes romantic attraction for me. Fantasizing in years earlier about women, I wouldn't want to be nearly as romantically involved. Yeah, and it can change for sure. I get that that it can it can change. Um, yeah. I think that's about it for us uh, for this week of passion. I look forward to spending uh, next week with you. I will be taking off Monday night, but you'll catch up on a show uh, that uh, we aired. We'll be talking, I believe, more about grief on uh, on Monday's show. I'll have to double check that, but uh, we'll be repeating uh, one of the shows that we played earlier. Yes, on trauma and how all of this... Uh, pandemic is is um, triggering for many of, of us trauma and hopefully now that things are opening up it'll get a little easier and we um, we can also find help out there right so remember to reach out uh, if, if you're feeling badly and you're feeling like it's difficult for you to get back into real life so to speak even though life is very different Thank you all for uh, listening tonight and and for spending your time with me. I want to thank Nicole, our uh, wonderful technical producer, Linda DeLisi, our passion researcher. If you want to connect with me, you can. Uh, I can be found on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, which is the easiest, drlori.com. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a wonderful rest of the evening an even greater weekend. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.